0: It rained down hallelujah come on let's give god praise one more time for that mighty mighty worship i don't know about that jackie that wasn't right i just spent all this time getting my makeup done and then you had me crying and i'm like i hope i'm still presentable like i don't like a raccoon i don't know but that was beautiful that was beautiful wasn't that beautiful amen amen Amen, amen, amen. Whew. Welcome to church. I see y'all dismissing the little people. They getting to have church. I'm ready to have church. Y'all ready to have church? I get excited when I get to come and be amongst God's people and worship and talk about the goodness of our God. He is mighty. He's worthy to be praised. Praise and worship for me is not about the song selection, it's about the fact that I get to worship the risen savior. I thank God for that opportunity to do that this morning. So we're glad you decided to join us today. For all of our family that's joining us online, you all should just really just understand that we have some people who are faithfully attending our services online, amen. Just like we are faithfully attending our services here in person, and so we want to welcome everyone to church this morning. Everyone in the sanctuary, everyone on our YouTube page, everyone on our Facebook page, and everyone who's listening on the podcast on uh, Spotify. And so we're continuing our series today, and one that I know that if you were with us last week was really thought-provoking, wasn't it? Amen? Amen we were really gaining a deeper level of wisdom for our lives. And so we realized last week that the Bible has a lot to say about wisdom. And we did something different last week, and I'm going to do it again this week. So if you're ready to uh, be our MC again, Daniel, we're going to be reading scriptures together, and we're going to be really just diving in the word together as we um, are releasing ourselves a little bit from technology and diving into us being able to navigate the the word together. And so time and time again, we saw that the biblical writers were painting this image for us. If you don't have a Bible, just lift your hands. Uh, We have some house Bibles that we're gonna be using throughout uh, our time together here. And we saw that there would be growth as a result of our understanding of wisdom, growth for our lives, our businesses, our families, our friendships, just growth in every area of our life. And so this is what I was truly hoping would be produced from this series. And we're going to work our way through several teachings in the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament. So if you want to kind of get a head start and find where you're going to be today, we're going to work through a couple of different scriptures and proverbs after we um, start off in 1 Chronicles. So move with me to 1 Chronicles uh, chapter 13. Once you get to 1 Chronicles 13, um, I'm going to read some things into your hearing. Somebody tell me what page that is so I can help everyone get there quickly. 1 Chronicles chapter 13 in the house bible what page is that page 214 in the house bible so if you're joining us here in the sanctuary you're visiting with us for the first time and you're just trying to get caught up with where we are uh, we're in the house bible on page 213 i believe 14 thank you so i want to read a couple things to you because i have a, a note of correction to make When I was uh, speaking with you all last week, I hate when this happens. It only happens every once in a while, but when it does, I just want to literally crawl in a hole and just have you shovel dirt over top of me. But I, I was speaking, and I kept saying the tabernacle, and I meant the Ark of the Covenant. So I wanted to um, go back and see, not only set the scene for what we're going to say today, but I want you to see what I was talking about because I was sharing with you all how when I first gave my life to Christ, I began this process of reading the Bible. And as I was reading the Bible, the way I decided to do it, there's a lot of different ways. Some people start in the New Testament. Some people start in the Old Testament. And I'm a little methodical, so I just wanted to read page by page by page, starting in Genesis, ending in Revelations. And that's how I approached reading the Bible when I gave my life to Christ. And so when I got to First Chronicles chapter 13... Um, I encountered a great fear of the Lord and and it was something that I remember it just stood out at me I never forgot about it and I shared the summary of the story with you on last week but today I want us to read it together so it reads verse 1 again David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel 30,000 and David arose and went with all the people that were with him from the Baal of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of Hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drave the new cart. Verse four. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. Verse five, and David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps and on psalteries and on timbrels and on cornets and on cymbals. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzza, and God smote him there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzza, and he called the name of the place Perazuzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, how shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So as we discussed last week, that was the beginning of my being afraid as well because I read that scripture and I was a a baby Christian and I was just like, oh my goodness, he wasn't playing no games. And the fact that this person, Uzzah, was trying to do something helpful I kind of understood the wrath and the punishment for when people were being sinful, when people were doing something that they weren't supposed to be doing, and they knew they were doing something they weren't supposed to be doing. But in my little mind, I was reading this and thinking, okay, that seems kind of sensible. The ark was shifting, and it was about to fall, and so he was trying to catch it, and he still got in trouble. And so it began the fear of the Lord, like, okay, I need to take the word of God seriously. This is nothing to be played with. And so as I kept reading and I got to Proverbs 1, 7, I understood why I felt that way. Turn with me to Proverbs 1. We're going to have somebody read verse 7. Once you get there, what page is that in the house Bible? Say it again. 313. <clears throat> Proverbs 1 7 is on page 313 in the house Bible and we're going to have who's going to read that for us out loud Curtis all right Curtis read that for me Proverbs 1 verse 7 no now we can say it again okay one second all right I heard that All right. Um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despite wisdom and instruction the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and instruction anybody in here want to be a fool it's never a goal for us to be foolish, but the Bible gives us clear indication that you are a fool if you despise wisdom and instruction. Many of us need to let that just marinate. I can't even move from that for a second because none of us desire to be foolish, but many of us desire to avoid being instructed. None of us desire to be foolish, but many of us despise when someone tries to tell us what to do. So what we've really got to do is renew our mind. I appreciate when someone is trying to tell me what to do. That is going to save me a lot of trouble, a lot of hassle. There's a certain amount of ego and pride that accompanies this thought process that I don't need you to tell me anything. And so when you begin to fear God, there's something inside of you that wants instruction. There's something inside of you that you say, I don't want to sidestep. I don't want to bring forth the wrath of God. I don't want to make a mistake that's going to make me accountable. Let me find out before I move. God, what is it that you said again now? Let me make sure I got it all right. God, what is it exactly you want to do in my life? Let me make sure I got all the instructions. So we got to see that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, I will share with you, this has been a journey for me. When I was a young child, something my mother used to say to me that I didn't understand then, but now as a 50-year-old woman, I have a very good understanding. She used to say to me, this wonderful child who was always on honor roll, always got straight A's, always did very well in school. And she used to say, Leisha, I'm worried about you. You got plenty of book sense, but you don't have no street sense. And I didn't understand what she was trying to say. And she was really worried about me. Like, you got tons of knowledge, tons of books. I mean, you know a whole lot. But you, this world will just tear you apart because you don't have any street savvy. And she was not lying. My first year of college was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. It was, it was so much I didn't know. It was so much I didn't understand about the world. It was so much I could not navigate. And the part about that that, was demonstrated and confirmed is this child who had done nothing but honor roll her whole life. I want you to take a guess at what you think my first year GPA was, my first semester. 2.0? 2.5? Y'all so generous. 1.85. I will never forget that. Do you know how humbling that is? 1.85, needless to say, I was on academic probation, (laughs) but I was in a process of trying to figure life out. I didn't understand life. I didn't understand people. I didn't understand deceit. I didn't understand temptation. I didn't understand time management. I didn't understand a whole lot. And that is when I began to realize, okay, it's one thing to have some book knowledge, but how many of you understand that we need wisdom in order to be successful in life? And so the Bible tells us that there's a kind of knowledge in this world which is best and most important, and that I did not have. The knowledge of who God is. The knowledge of who God is and what he is about. And this is meant to draw us into a deeper understanding of obedience to him. And I've said this a million times, once I finally got saved and gave my life to Christ and I started reading the Bible, I spent a great deal of time just like wanting to just hit myself at the head like, oh my goodness, you mean to tell me all along that the, the, the playbook was here? The instructions were here? If I had just been reading the Bible, if I had just been Following the instructions, I could have avoided. I just looked over my life and was like, "Could have skipped this. Could have went through this trial. Could have went through this sacrifice." There's so much in the Word, but like many of you, if we would be honest, I allowed myself to be deceived. I thought that if I got saved. If I started going to church and I started reading the Bible, it was going to be a bunch of rules that was going to take away all my fun, and I was never going to be able to do anything exciting anymore, so let's not even open this, because if I don't read it, I don't have to be accountable to it, and then I don't have to be completely doing wrong. (laughs) Amen? Now, as I started reading the Bible, I realized that's still sin. It's called willful knowledge. Or willful ignorance. Willful ignorance. In the law, there's a concept called willful ignorance as well. Somebody offers to pay you $1 million to drive a car from Cleveland to Miami. And you say, don't tell me what's in the car. I don't want to know. And you get pulled over and they take you to jail. Do you think you can say, I had no idea there were drugs in the car. You think that's going to play out? Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way with God either. That's what I didn't realize. You don't get to just—I don't see it, so I don't know it. I'm not accountable to it because as I kept reading, reading, I found something else out. God writes the word in our hearts. <laughs> Haven't you ever been in situations where you don't know where the scripture is? You don't have the exact precise location of where God said it, but something about you is just like, I don't think I'm supposed to say that. I don't think I'm supposed to do that. God writes the word in our hearts. And so as we begin to be receptive to that, as we begin to say, okay, I do need knowledge, but I don't need just the kind of knowledge that the world reinforces as important. I am a Christian. I need the knowledge of what it is that my Heavenly Father thought was so important. That he inspired other people to write and give me his word so that when I'm in trouble, when I'm lost, it's the lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. It will show me the way to go. I don't have to figure this out. I don't have to call a psychic line. I don't have to call seven people on the phone. All I really need to do is press into his presence and get wisdom and understanding. It is the principal thing. That's the mind shift I think that we're getting as we're going through this series is that we are meant to draw closer into a deeper understanding of God. For instance, if we lay this foundation of fear of the Lord, we will be led to study who God shows himself to be both in the Old and the New Testaments. And when we do, we will see that shown to us in many ways, our God is one of love. He truly cares for his creation. He truly cares for us as his people. And because of this knowledge of his love, we are then invited, somebody say invited, To simply love him in return. That was that Damascus Road encounter for me. When I finally came, and many of you probably remember that moment, and if you haven't had that moment yet, I'm going to invite you when this is over to tap into this moment. But I remember my moment clearly when I realized how much God loved me. I felt a sense of, Regret and shame that I had shooed him to the side, that I hadn't paid him any attention, that I ignored him, that I just blew him off. And once I realized who he was and how much he loved me and how much he had been covering me and protecting me and watching over me my whole life, I was able to just fall prostrate and worship and say, from this day forward. Somebody say, from this day forward. I can't do nothing about what I did in the past, but repent and ask you for your forgiveness. But from this day forward, God, help me to serve you. Help me to worship you with my life, not just with the first 10 minutes of every worship service. Help me, Father God, to to live right, to make better decisions. Give me wisdom so that I can navigate this world help me to follow Jesus Christ and his teaching so that means I need to study the word so that I can understand what it is that has been taught this is what true knowledge can provide for us y'all as we seek to grow in wisdom and understanding so somebody say it will produce good judgment it never Ceases to amaze me when I hear about some of the scams that people fall for. Okay. And every time I always have to like, turn on my compassion hat, because my instant reaction is, you couldn't tell that was a scam. Okay. And then I have to remind myself, they might not have been in his word; they may not know God, because see, there's gonna be some telltale signs for me. If somebody's texting me and impersonating my husband, there's gonna be some telltale signs. The first one is if they start off with, Dear Alicia. <laughs> he don't talk to me like that. It's gonna start off with, Hey, babe. Or Leash, Dear Alicia. Y'all be getting text messages and emails with dearest, most misspelled letters and words, and then. Uh, And you thought that was legit? The president commands your assistance and if you would just send $50 to Cash App, dollar sign. Really though? Wisdom. This is why we're saying we don't just want knowledge, we want wisdom. And as we begin to Pray and stay in God's presence and read His Word. We begin to start to have like another sense that helps us to be able to. Mm, this don't feel right. I better not do this. They could be nudging you like, but it said you're gonna get a thousand dollars back. Uh, I, I mm, I'm good that wisdom begins to divinely guide you and help you to maneuver and to see where you need to be so that you can excel. And I will have to say to you that wisdom will even give you divine ideas, things that God will drop in your spirit that you'll just be like, oh, that is a good idea. That is a good idea. I maybe mean, you will be able to see opportunities that other people don't see. Sometimes we see opportunities, and I'll get nervous. Like, wait a minute, did nobody else see that? You know, like how you maybe a hundred dollars laying on the ground, and you're like, nobody else saw this. But that'll be that wisdom. It'll open up things for you that you understand that this is an awesome opportunity. This is something that God is wanting to do in my life. And you will be able to walk into, not only navigate where not to go, but where to go to receive the blessings of God. Is wisdom starting to sound a little bit more appealing? Amen? So that's what we want to focus on. And today, because we're going to be breaking this into different parts, today we're talking about the day-to-day work we do. So in our next 15 minutes or so, we're going to cover that, the day-to-day work. So today is going to be about work. We're going to make it practical. We will focus on that. What other results will the fear of the Lord produce even in our work? You do realize this, right? That we're not tackling this Bible as something that's just, okay, we read it on Sunday. We're done. We'll pick it up again next week. This is application for our life. So I want us to look at that. The Bible says true knowledge can produce better judgment all around. And when we know God intimately, we will find it easier at times to decide certain things. Let's take this from a business context. You are sitting in a meeting with your fellow employees when your superior asks you, do whatever it takes. Ah. Okay. Now that's cold word, right? Do whatever it takes to close the sale. So those, are at the, those that are at the table with you, They start thinking about, okay, he said, do whatever it takes. So they begin scheming up what they might be able to do to close the sale. They begin to think of under the table or behind the scenes ways to get the job done. But can you do that? All of which seem to be unethical seems to be contrary to what you feel God would desire. Daniel, as I was saying this just now, God brought back to my mind Daniel. Because sometimes the way that the world does things seems to be best, like they're going to get ahead. And I didn't get to study that for this today, so I might bring this for you tomorrow because God, the Holy Spirit just dropped back in my mind. Remember what I did with Daniel? Remember the Daniel fast? You remember how Daniel began to say, I know how y'all do things, and I know how you usually give them, and we'll we'll, we'll go deep into it next week, but I just wanna drop that in your spirit that sometimes the world is operating and doing things a certain way, and because we have wisdom, it doesn't entice us, it doesn't influence us, it doesn't entangle us. We say, I don't look good in orange. So y'all can keep that approach. I'm gonna to go to the word, I'm gonna go spend some time in prayer, and I'm going to ask God, God show me how you want me to do this. And God will give us a way that defies logic as to why it would even work. When Daniel's counterparts were getting the best meal and the fattiest calves and the best of everything, it would defy logic that if he said I don't want that just give me some fruits and veggies How is that going to make you do better than us? When God puts his stamp on it, when God shows you the way of escape, when God shows you the path, and for you it may be something as simple as God tells you while everybody's scheming and, and making calls and doing that, God may tell you, I want you to wake up 30 minutes earlier from now on. And I want you to wake, and don't be deep, y'all. It could be as simple as, I want you to wake up 30 minutes earlier and walk. I want you to get on your treadmill. I want you to walk in nature. I want you, don't box God up. And you'll be like, okay, God, I'm going to be obedient. And on that seventh time where you're walking and you're just like, oh, and he starts speaking to you. And he starts talking to you and giving you instructions and saying, okay, I want you to call this person, and I want you to do this, and I want you to do that. And then you come in the meeting, you're like, okay, I closed. And they're like, how did you do that? I just obeyed God. Please don't underestimate the power of just obeying God. Amen? You decide to take a different approach, even though it may end up being more time-consuming. And let's keep it real. Even though you may feel like, wow, I'm taking a risk here because I'm not doing what everybody else is doing. (laughs) God just brought to my remembrance um, something that happened last week. I'm so happy for my son. He um, is one of those kids that You know, he tries to always do the right thing. And you have to be careful with children because sometimes negative attention is just as good as positive attention. And they'll just do whatever they need to do to get your attention. And so when I have children that are behaving well, I worry for them sometimes because if there's something, it's like I really feel like my kids have a board meeting at the beginning of every week. And they're like, okay, who's up to destroy mommy this week? And then they volunteer, it's like, it's me, it's me, it's my week. No, you had last week. No, this is my week. I got it all planned out. I'm going to get suspended this week. (laughs) Whatever the case may be, my daughter does not find this humorous at all. (laughs) She says she don't come to those meetings. But CJ, this little baby... He's always trying to do what he knows to be right. And a lot of times he'll get overlooked because I'm dealing with some issues and putting out fires. And so I try and I try and I try to reaffirm and to reassure him that making the right decisions will pay off. And then last week, he was at school at his camp, and at his camp, You know, they they did this thing where they would acknowledge kids who were doing well. And it's always very good to acknowledge when people do well. Sometimes it's better than acknowledging when they're doing wrong because then people who are doing wrong will look at who's doing well and be like, well, wait a minute. How'd you get recognized? Side note, that works for adults, too. And so each day of the, the week, they would celebrate a camper who was just doing a great job, being a great example. And so as the days went by, I could tell he was getting a little bit more discouraged that his name hadn't been called. And then on the final day, they announced somebody, and his name doesn't get called as well. And so he had an opportunity to just be like, okay, well, let's go home now. I didn't get camper of the day again. But he was cheering for his friends, and good job for the people who did get camper of the day. And what he didn't know is after all that was over, they said, now we have another recognition for somebody who's camper of the camp. Not just somebody who did good today, or the day before, or the day before that, and not somebody who just did good in their class because they had them broken down by age groups. They had the you know, fourth graders, and the third graders, and the second grade. but this person did so well. They were the camper of the whole camp for the whole week. And when they announced the camper of the camp, who do you think it was? <laughs> do you know how inspiring and how encouraging that was to that little boy to know that it is observed that I'm trying to do the right thing. It is acknowledged when I do right. Yes, I see a lot of acknowledgement of people doing wrong because it takes a lot of time because the teacher has to take them, have to pull them to the side, have to have a time. They get a lot of attention. But look at this. I am getting attention for doing what is right. Can I submit to you that we're not that different from CJ? That many of us get discouraged because we're really trying to do what is right. We're trying to be faithful to our spouse and we're faithful to our church and we're faithful to our job and we do all the things that we know to do and it looks like sometimes the people are around us are getting ahead faster than us, getting promoted faster than us, doing better than us, more successful than us and sometimes we can get discouraged and start to wonder, well maybe I should be doing what they're doing. May I submit to you today that you don't need to be concerned with what they're doing. They may have got camper of the day, but God has camper of the camp in store for us. Hallelujah. (laughs) God has something greater in store for us. It may look like they're getting ahead at that moment, but God is preparing a blessing for us that we're not going to have room enough to receive. I'm a living witness, y'all. Blessing on top of blessing on top of blessing, running over. Amen. Remember what I said, the beginning of wisdom was the fear of the Lord. Remember I said that the fear of the Lord prompts you to read your word. Remember when I said when you read your word, you find out certain covenants and agreements and benefits and promises you have that when you don't you don't even realize it helped me to it just shifted the trajectory of my life from being foolish thinking I know the way operating out of my flesh and what I feel like doing that morning to studying to figure out what is the way what's the real way And then getting that instruction and guidance and then getting that wisdom and being able to navigate in such a way where I'm like, whoa, now I'm in the promised land. Now I'm in the land that's flowing with beyond milk and honey. And I want us to understand that we have this opportunity. We have this opportunity in our work to pivot. We have this opportunity in our relationships to pivot. We have this opportunity to begin to say, okay, I know I've tried it this other way. It hasn't really been all that helpful. I'm going to try the way of seeking God and saying, well, what does God say? I've loved it. I've had mentors throughout the time of serving God and Sometimes I would have members and pe- men, uh, mentors and people would just, you know, give you what they thought was best. And I've always been struck when someone fears the Lord enough to say, let me pray about this first. Cause I want an answer now. Like oh, you can't just tell me something now. Mm-mm. Cause if I tell you something now, out of my flesh, out of my thought of what I think is best, I might steer you wrong. Then I'm going to be accountable to God for giving you bad information. So even those we look up to ought to say, "Mm, let me check with God and see what he has to say. It might not get back to you today. I might have to pray about this. I might have to spend some time and see what it is that God is saying Before I give you any suggestions, because I want to make sure that I am pleasing in God's sight. I don't want to bring forth his wrath. This is just one of many ways that we can see tangibly illustrated that if we are willing to begin where God says it's best to begin. Our judgment on daily matters will be better. We will be able to point out the sinful temptations that will try to draw us in. The Holy Spirit will just be like red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. Like I sometimes feel like I can literally feel the Holy Spirit like jumping up and down, trying to get my, like no, 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 no. no. You're like, okay, I got it. No. I can remember so many decisions the decision on who to marry, the decision on where to serve, the decision on where to plan our church, the decision, I'm telling you, (laughs) again, I'm not telling you what I heard, I'm not telling you what I read, I'm telling you what I know. When we ground our decisions and what we receive from Christ by the wisdom of God, it's going to take you to a whole nother level. The results will lead to your ultimate good, and more importantly, the glory of God. That's the part that blows my mind, is that as we stay cognizant of this, as we keep going through this process and as we go through this process and others are amazed and like oh my goodness how did you figure that out how did you do this how did you accomplish this how did you achieve this and we can point them back to our father and said it's all God I would have never came up with that there have been times I have really felt that way like you could have locked me in a room for 25 years and then come back and I still wouldn't have came up with that idea I know it's God so whatever the Holy Spirit is leading you that's where we want to go so as we wrap up again today maybe you've been given some things to think about maybe you need to readdress the foundation that you're building your life on I love a good master class I love a good college and university none of them can beat this the whole concept of the fear of the Lord may be new to you because maybe you didn't think that that was necessary maybe you're the kind of person I'm not scared of nothing I'm not scared of nobody Okay, but hopefully you've been convinced if there's one thing you should be afraid of, it's God, disobeying God, ignoring God. If for no other reason, because you have just cut yourself out of the loop You've effectively cut off all communications with the very one who knows where you need to go and what you need to do. My hope is that you've gained some insight regarding what it really means to fear. And as we shared last week, we mean reverence. I wanna share this with you because I see now that God is showing me something. One thing I, I love, my daughters are now adults and that sounds really weird. I have one that's 18 and I have one that's 20 and I just don't understand how it happened. They were like three and five last week but somehow they're now 18 and 20. And one thing that humbles me and makes me feel more honored than anything in the world is when they have the liberty to do something that they want to do, anything at all. And they call and say, Ma, what you think? It's a reverence. I don't have to ask you. I could do what I want to do. I was thinking about dropping this class, or I was thinking about changing my major, or I was thinking about dating this boy, or I was thinking about going to this place. Whatever it is, they could have did it. But there's a reverence that says, I believe that you really have my best interest at heart. And I believe that because you have my best interest at heart, and you've made a couple of more trips around the sun than I have, I want to get your input. I want to know what you think. I wonder how my Heavenly Father feels when I do that. When I come to him and I get on my knees and I pray, and I I was thinking about doing this, what you think? Please don't make it too complicated. Don't make it deep. God, what do you want? What do you think? Before I do anything, can you speak to me? Can you show me? Because if you don't want me to do it, I ain't doing it. And we don't take it as a restriction but we take it as the liberty to now go find the right move and make the right decision. So I want to pray with you as we close, and I want to invite those of you who are listening and watching. Maybe you're listening to the podcast. Maybe you're watching us online, and you're like, wow, I have never experienced any of those things that you just talked about, and I didn't even know we could do all that with God. I want to know him that way. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you if you're thinking, okay, I know him, and I know him that way, but man, I guess I've just been caught up because I've just been doing my own thing, and I need to get back to doing it that way. I want to pray for you. And maybe you're just thinking this morning that, you know what, I've been doing all that, but God, I want you to just continue to speak to me because I need your direction and I need your guidance and I'm not quite hearing clearly and I want to make sure I'm operating in wisdom and not in my flesh. I want to pray for you too. So if any of those things appeal to you, I just want you to begin to get into his presence with me as we begin to pray. God, I thank you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for how much you love us. I thank you that because you love us, you desire to give us wisdom and to give us knowledge and to give us instruction because you want to see us do well. You want us to not only have eternal life, and I thank you, Father, for sending your son so that we could receive that gift. But now that we're still here and we haven't made it to heaven yet, you want us to receive an abundant life. One that we will never see if we do not follow your will and your way. And so God, I'm asking you to remove the blinders to help us to see the areas of our life where we're operating in self-knowledge and book knowledge and self-effort. Help us to see that you are the author and the finisher of our faith and that you have plans for us, plans for good, not for evil, to bring us to an expected end and that we will never know these plans apart from spending time with you. Help us to spend the time with you. Help us, Father God, when we feel like scrolling TikTok and Facebook for hours to just pull away and give some of that time to you, God, begin to allow the Holy Spirit to just reign us in. Check us, Father, when we're picking up the phone to call someone else to ask for their opinion. Father, allow the Holy Spirit to just begin to speak to us and to remind us that you already have the answer, that you already have everything that we have need of, and that all we have to do is to come to you. God, when we come to you, we're asking you right now that you would hear us. That you would hear our prayers. God, we even ask you right now that you would give us confirmation that you're hearing our prayers. God, as we're coming to you, begin to allow us to see you everywhere. See you in the rain. See you in the wind. See you in the Bible. See you in the movies. Wherever we're at, let us see glimpses of you. Let us see glimpses of your power and your presence that you're working in our life. God, we ask that as we're seeking this wisdom, that this wisdom that would begin to just overtake us, that we would have this deep desire and craving to know more about you, to read your words, to spend more time with you, to get into your presence. God, I ask that we would be addicted to you, that we won't be able to get enough of you, That every opportunity that presents itself to spend time with you, that we would seek after it. And as we do, God, we ask that you would get the glory. God, when you work in our lives, when you answer our prayers, when you provide the blessings, the the overflow, the miracles, God, let it point back to you. Let others see you. Let our light so shine before other men that other people, not just we would be on fire, but, Father, allow us to get other people on fire for you by our visible demonstration of faith. God, let us touch our communities. Let us touch our families. Let us touch every person that you've given us influence with. And let us bring them closer to you. And we give you praise and honor and glory in advance because we count it as already done. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.